Welcome to the 222 Paranormal Podcast, starring your host, Joe Shortridge, and guess who? Just me. My sister, Jen. Hello, everybody. What is going on, Jen? Well, you know, just spooky things. It is that time of the year. The best time of the year, right? I think Halloween is exceeding Christmas in decorations and money spent on decorations. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So we're at the Simpson Hospital in Eaton Rapids, Michigan. What's your first impression, Jen? You know, I um, I got a creepy vibe. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. Um, When especially they have some displays when you first walk in of old medical equipment Mm -hmm. and some records and things like that. And I don't know, I just got a little really creeped out by that. And then Joe and I were able to go down in the basement, and we had an experience. Tell our listeners about the experience we had. The basement, no lights. Had to use our phones for flashlights and walking through. And in two different areas in the basement, something banged next to us. Like someone took a hammer and hit something. Right next to us. Loud. We both jumped. (laughs) And there is nothing around us and we weren't touching anything. Yeah. So something down there was like trying to get our attention. Yeah. Did not like us being down there. And the history of this place, one one of the main stories of this place is... One of the doctors was in the basement doing an autopsy, and the other doctor was up in his up in the second floor here, and he got done with his work, whatever he's doing. I think he was doing an operation, and he stepped back and fell down the elevator shaft. Well, the doctor that was in the basement was doing an autopsy, and he fell behind him. It's almost like the doctor didn't realize, but he heard something fall. He turned around, and the doctor was there, Aww. and the doctor did die. Right there on the spot. Oh, my goodness. Which was strange because it's only a 12-foot fall. Yeah. I mean, Still. he had to land a certain way. Mm, either yeah. broke his neck or something. Right. That's really, it's tragic. Mm-hmm. It's very tragic, but that's what makes, you know, places haunted. Yeah. The spirits that had tragic events happen. Mm-hmm. Speaking but of tragic events. Tragic. No, just kidding. <laughs> speaking about maintaining the history of things, getting the stories out to people, we have a special guest with us here. We do. So welcome to the show, Ben Goldman. Thank you. So if, nice segue, tragic events. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So, so it's a tra- tragic episode. Yeah. I'll try to uplift things a little bit. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Tell us a little bit about after um, Life Road Productions. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, started in uh, 2017 when I was at Michigan State University. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, uh, I was a freshman at the time just looking for a, a nice club to join. And, you know, they have the whole orientations where they have hundreds of clubs and, mm-hmm. you know, sports, uh, you know, random like debate they have a squirrel watching and then um this girl in a ghost costume pops out it's like come to this hall on this day at this time and i'm like "Eh, paranormal club Uh, no one's gonna go to that yeah and i was just kind of sitting on my desk and i was like i I like you know the shows i like Mm -hmm. horror movies i might as well give it a shot so i'm like i don't want to be the first one there there's gonna be two other people i'll show up like 10 minutes late (laughs) <laughs> Couldn't even go in the room. It was overflowing. Oh, my Turns gosh. out, who would have guessed, Michigan State University is one of the largest paranormal clubs in the Midwest. That's really? so, incredible. You know, went on to be the uh, co-president of the club for a couple years there at Michigan mm-hmm. State. And then uh, I I was a documentary film degree student there at, at the uh, School of Journalism at Michigan State. And I started filming investigations and making little short films. And so after Life Road Productions began couple of my good friends from the club we sort of sort of branched out and, and did our own thing making films doing investigations we've done over 200 investigations wow. 
in and around Michigan. Uh, mostly, we were actually the first people to do an investigation here at the Stimson Hospital. Really? So we've been here a bunch of times, and this yeah. is one of my favorite places. So it's it's really cool to be back here and uh, yeah. and uh, at a cool event like this. That's great. Now, when you first got here for your first investigation, what was your initial thoughts? Well, here's the cool thing about our first investigation here at Stimson Hospital is no one had investigated it. So there was no knowledge, and the owners were, I feel like they may have been testing us a little because they didn't really go into the experiences they had a little mm-hmm. bit. They went into the history, but they didn't tell us, like, hey, in this room, we will counter this. They mm-hmm. waited for after. And it wasn't, like, the work they've done here is incredible, like all the renovations, all the displays. Yeah. You have to think, none of this was here. The only oh. room you could tell what it was was the morgue because it's obvious that it's a morgue. You yeah. can't hide that. Mm-hmm. But all, the, like, the patient rooms upstairs, we didn't know what was the patient room, what was what the offices. Mm-hmm. So it was all just based on that first investigation. Okay. And I think it's safe to say this was the first investigation. I think all of us just kind of looked at each other and we were like, yeah, we might believe there's something going on. And we came back actually a week later because after that, invest- all of us had dreams. The really? same dream. Really? About we were up in the patient room and all of us kept losing our senses like one at a time. Okay. And just this weird numbness. Really? And then we were like, that's weird. So we came back and um, a week later, literally, because we kept having these dreams. And then uh, as we were talking about the numbness, a, a disembodied voice said, Really? Yeah. Now, did you hear that audibly or on your recorders? So, or your camera? So, we heard something. Mm-hmm. We couldn't make it out, but we heard something. We're like, was that a noise? And on the recorder, it was a clear voice. So, I say it's a disembodied voice because it's on, on the fence, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, we didn't hear the voice, but we heard something. Oh, that's and then so cool. Crystal clear EVP. I think our first EVP, because that was, I think, back in 2018. So, that was one of our first. Mm-hmm first uh first big investigations and wow. yeah really cool. like a place like this to have your first investigation oh, yeah. know, there's right? no especially uncharted territory yeah so the spirits don't know what to expect and you don't know what to expect yeah. so that yeah. that makes for a great mix now did you um capture any other type of evidence oh yeah so for us personally that patient room has been i know a lot of people experience things in the morgue area but for us that second floor patient room seem to be the spot where every time we come here stuff happens so there uh not only the dreams in that room um the voice and i don't know did they show you their haunted car no they have this uh toy i don't know if they have it here now but they had for a, a while this um robotic you know toy car with a remote control okay and they didn't have the remote control they couldn't find it but occasionally they say the the car would move oh Ooh, and i cool. saw on the way up I just stopped in the CVS, I think, for batteries or something. And they had a little, like, car with, like, Legos inside yeah. uh, on the discount aisle for, like, a dollar. So I picked it up because, you know, if, if if you shake it, it rattles. So it's, like, mm-hmm. you know, a pseudo, like, paranormal uh, equipment mm-hmm. where if something pushes a car, it will rattle. So yeah. I placed this manual, like, it's not robotic or anything, next to the robotic car that's said to be haunted. Both of them moved. Oh, so the that's robotic that's one followed us out of the room. Yeah, and then the one that literally is not robotic, you have to actually push it. Uh huh. Just started sliding. So again, that that's in the second so cool. room, and then and that's um, upstairs. You yep, said? Yeah. yep. And then one time I came back and uh, there was this guy Rob um, in that room. He was doing a solo there. Mm-hmm. And I was just coming in. He was the only one in the building. And I was coming in. We were all outside. I was coming in to check on him and be like, hey, can we come in? Mm-hmm. And 
as I'm coming up the stairs and I'm trying to be quiet and not like jump out and, and, and scare him. Mm-hmm. I just hear a growl. And I'm like, is he trying to mess with me? <laughs> and I go in the room and then he goes, why are you messing with me? And I go, what, what do you mean? He's like, you just growl. Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I didn't growl. And he's like, of course, it was right when I turned off my camera oh, yeah. to come down and get it. So, mm-hmm. and then, uh, but we did come back and we heard a growl somewhere else in the building. So Ooh. that's happened to us a few times. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, have you ever had any type of paranormal experience happening with your electronic equipment when you may be doing a documentary or yeah. a film? Or? Well, way back in the early days i had to tell people not to do this they would say use our energy use the camera's energy and i was like mm. no no you don't offer up the camera's energy we have one camera right <laughs> so, uh, exactly yeah yeah enough time well one time this is a funny story the one time we decided to um investigate the um the the building where the paranormal club was at msu mm. um we were doing a session and we were communicating through the elevator oh. so um, it kept saying like numbers. We had the spirit box, and it was saying like three. And then the elevator went to the third floor by itself. By itself. That's cool. And then it would say down, uh-huh. and then it would go down. Interesting. So, was there so they any can manipulate not only the electromagnetic waves in the air? They can also manipulate these switches. Yes. Or the computer sensors, whichever yes. you know, depending on the year of the, the elevator. But they still basically they're all computers. Yeah. Yeah, and then I told the club, I was like, hey, we're in a haunted, you know, building. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, that was my last year as co-president, and they switched buildings. I don't know if it's related or not, but I was like, come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's haunted. You're a paranormal club. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So you said that you had over 200 different locations that you've investigated. What's the scariest place that you ever rented? Like, the frightening, terrifying. Uh, There's only one place I'm scared of. Where is that? So... It was the subject of our um, short film. Mm-hmm. Um, came out last year. It uh, screened in a few festivals. It was a finalist in uh, the Fear Fair Film Festival, the Parapod Festival, and then a selection of the Best Love Festival. So it was screening in California all throughout last year. Now it's on my website, so okay. you can see it. There's this park in Owasso, Michigan. It's about 35, 40 miles away from here. And uh, this little park, it was one of those cases where it was like a really small town. Okay. And they had six parks, and they're like, we don't need six parks for, mm-hmm. like, barely any people. Yeah. So they're like, let's just pick one to, like, just stop giving money to and just let it, like, disappear, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, it started getting, like, scapegoated as like, during satanic panic. And oh, then okay. kids would, you know, mess around and do things and became the ritual spawn in town. Oh, um, okay. There was a murder there. Um, and then... Um, a couple serial killers that came from the town were quote unquote obsessed with the place. Okay. So there's a lot of just like dark energy and like dark stuff that happened there. Mm-hmm. Police officers would always uh, complain. They just refused to go there because they would complain about um, just finding animals staked to trees. Like not Whoa. just squirrels, but like pigs. Oh my God. And stuff. Wow. And, uh, so a lot of just darkness in this in this park and we learned all that after okay Okay. so what we would do and i know you guys were talking about cemeteries and stuff Mm -hmm. the reason we got to 200 places in like (laughs) such a small span of time is we would just drive around and you know if we pass by a cemetery just do a quick spontaneous thing Mm -hmm. um or uh if we had something planned we would just look up like haunted places near me 
Oh, there's a yeah, park nearby. Let's just go there. So a lot of the time it was really spontaneous, and we didn't look up beforehand any of the lore legends. Mm-hmm. So this park that we later found out had such dark history and darkness attached to it. We were on our way to a different investigation, and it was one of those things for the owners, like, can we do a different day? I'm like, thanks for giving us a heads up. We were like, yeah. right around the corner. So we just Googled haunted places near me, found this place. Oh, it's a park. It's going to be open at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. Right. Let's just stop by. So we knew nothing except the, for the address. We parked the car, get out of the car, just walking, not investigating, just walking. Um, an investigator got pushed to the ground and scratched. Um, two other investigators saw a face behind her as she fell. Oh. And then wow. they said, wait, did you see? And said, before you say anything about what you saw, yeah. stop talking. Mm-hmm. We're going to separate you two, and you're going to draw what you saw. They didn't okay. even know they, the other person saw mm-hmm. the face. Okay. I stopped in mid-sentence. Yeah. And they drew not only a face, but the same exact face. Oh, my God. And then at that moment, I said, like, it was just a moment of chaos. Everyone had something happen. I go, I didn't know anything happened. I thought you guys were reacting to the, the gunshot. They're like, gunshot? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you guys didn't hear the gunshot? And then I play back on the recording. They're like, how do we not hear that? It must have been just all the chaos, their shock. Uh-huh. In the moment that they just lost their sense. So I heard a gunshot. Mm-hmm. They saw a face. She fell. And then we go back because the person that, that fell was holding the tripod. So we go back to grab the tripod. And uh, we noticed that because we had to park up the street mm-hmm. and we were just walking, trying to find the entrance. The tripod was laying perfectly in the center, pointed right at the entrance. Oh so it was God. as if we just walked two more feet and turned, we yeah. would have been at the entrance. And then um, we turned on spirit box because they were all in the car. I just, me and uh, this guy, Ryan, who went out to grab the tripod, we turned on the spirit box and it goes, Victor, Victor, Victor. And we thought it was a name, but in hindsight, it's like maybe like winner like uh, like yeah. oh yeah okay so, and to say it three times too yeah. is mocking yeah mm-hmm. so interesting yeah and then we made the mistake of uh going back there many times oh really film a documentary <laughs> and uh yeah we, we we would set up uh i don't tri- know if it'd be a mistake oh right? no. no so much happened mm-hmm. we would set up like a tripod and even when nothing was happening we would set up the tripod and uh just there's singing coming from the woods mm-hmm. And yeah. then, um, were there still people s- doing rituals out there, or was that a while back? Or, well, there's here's the thing about the park is the park now, there's about three miles of just dense woods mm-hmm. that connects to the town cemetery. Oh, okay. And it's really hard to navigate back there. A lot of it's private property. Locals say that if you go back there, there are um, ritualistic markings. Mm-hmm. Um, the psychic in town. Ri- claims when i interviewed her that they she repeatedly tries to bind whatever is there at the park okay to a mausoleum in the cemetery i don't know why she decides to she said it's too difficult to get away so she just has to move it out and try to push it back okay um so there's a lot of markings on the trees around there so allegedly it happens i haven't seen evidence of a ritual mm-hmm. a lot of people are kind of a lot of people from the area that still that live there um, grew up during the 80s, you know, oh, yeah. and all the right. fear, yeah. you know, in that area. Um, some of it justified, some of it just, you know, you've got a dark park, and yeah, you know, yeah. so a lot of them are kind of hesitant to talk about it. But um, every time we go there, you know, someone gets scratched, attachments really? uh, from there. So, 
you know, when I say it's a mistake, you know, when something follows you home, you know, you. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 yeah be careful about that. Yeah. Protect yourself. But it's being in Owasso, you almost think that maybe there's two theories I'm thinking in my mind right now. It's someone by doing those rituals brought it in, or it's an elemental spirit from the land that. Yes. You know, back when the Native Americans were around there, because mm-hmm. I think it was I'm probably wrong, but the Ojibwa tribe might be around that area. Yeah. But um, maybe it was something that they conjured up or brought to the land. And now that people are going there, it kind of woke it up. Yeah. yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. That's that aligns with what a lot of locals, uh, psychics oh, okay. and stuff w- will say is they, they think it's something elemental that's mm-hmm. been sort of corrupted i think was the term that they use uh with all the you know bloodshed that's happened there and Mm -hmm. and, uh we actually went the last shoot of the documentary Mm -hmm. i said we'll go back one more time just during the day yeah um you know just get some b-roll shots Mm -hmm. and we're not staying at night you guys um, (laughs) famous last words set and then um I got tricked. Uh, my friend said, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool to get a time lapse of the sun going down?" I'm like, "Yeah, it would be." Oh yeah, so and you then, stay uh, there all night. Yeah, and then you know the time lapse ended. I was like, "Oh no, it was a trick. We're here at night." <laughs> um, so my uh, my friend was like, "While we're here, we might as well meditate." So we were mm-hmm. sitting there, and I had a thermal camera uh, watching them meditate. And she goes, "You know, hey, if there's anyone here, can you bring like?" bring something to 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 lead us to where you know we need to go like uh a sign and then i see a blob on the thermal camera like something's coming towards us (laughs) it was a cat Ah. this cat runs up and she goes yes i was asking for something to show us and the cat jumps on us and starts going like this towards this one area and we're like i think it wants to show us something so we follow this cat to a tree and that edge of the um so when you roll up to the park there's this hill everyone calls it the hill mm-hmm. um a lot of locals will report like a shadow figure at the top of the hill um and then there's like a fence at the top of the hill where uh, a lot of reports about like people who would hop the fence because back in the day the, there was like a fence guarding this one area i don't know i, I think there's like a pavilion and stuff okay back in the day so mm-hmm. when the park now it's like why is there a fence but a lot of the things that used to be there aren't there anymore because they stopped funding it people would be climbing the fence to hop it at night and yeah. then get yanked off by unseen forces. Wow. But um, the top of this hill, there's this tree. And I was like, I've never seen this tree before. Literally, I combed through every single shot of the documentary. Okay. I have shots of every single tree of the park except for this one tree. Somehow, <laughs> never got filmed. It's almost like it just he, appeared. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go to this tree, and there's a baby blanket wrapped around a pair of blue jeans. Okay. And the cat is, like, on it, like, oh. like making noises. So we pick it up, and bones fall out. No way. Oh, uh, you touched so, it, though. Then we dropped you it. touched it. We dropped it. We dropped it. We dropped it. We dropped it. Sorry, with sticks, like, yeah. poking. Then we oh, notice shoot. big bones all around. We go, this can be one of three things. Yeah. Dog, deer, otherwise. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and... We don't know in the dark mm-hmm. enough about this place, you know, about what these bones could be to make that call. And the cat brought you to the bones. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we called cops. We were like, hey, just want to let you know. And they're like, where are you at? And we are like, Rosewood Park. <laughs> and then silence on the phone. Yeah. And like, all right, we'll be there shortly. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. And then cop rolls up. He goes, 
so he found bones and he's like not believing yeah. us uh-huh. and then um we take him up and um he's like yep those are bones you can tell his mm-hmm. whole demeanor he was like kind of yeah, laughing like, oh, yeah. see the bones and he's scared mm-hmm. and then um we realized that we were we were getting some beer with her um Devin, she brought her um her spirit board okay so the spirit board we accidentally left it up at the tree and the cat found it and was sitting on the spirit board so when the cops looking around he sees a black cat on a spirit board (laughs) oh my god and he shrieks like a girl (laughs) and then he yells at the cat get your spiritual ass away from me (laughs) and then he says he says okay i can take it from here the bones, Take- the bones stayed. Oh, he didn't want to mess with he it. He didn't want nothing to do with yeah. it. We called for an update. They ignored us. Oh. So, and then every time we go back, that same tree, we found uh, just a decapitated deer head, no body, just a head. Really? Yeah. Where? So, but it's weird because I don't think it has anything to do with the rituals. Or anything. It's right at the front. Huh? I don't. I don't you know. Never know. It's, str- it's strange. I mean, you yeah, know you never know. But. That's so very there, interesting. Was out there. I don't. That's it, every time we go. Every time we say this is the last time, then something like that happens. Yeah. We found out after. Mm-hmm. This is a real kicker. The day we found the bones, the first time, mm-hmm. coincidentally, was the exact date, fifty years after the murder. The murder that happened that. at the park. really yeah. fifty years. And I oh didn't my know gosh. that until after. Mm-hmm. when I was pulling archival materials. And I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if I pull a metadata of this and then it's yeah. the same date? And then it wasn't so funny when it turned out to actually be. Yeah. yeah you're like, yeah. You're like <laughs> okay. yeah. wow. Everything yeah. changes then. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. And then um, I was, we were doing our next film and I was telling um, some people about it and they actually gave us a um, blessed railroad spike, which is actually uh, I have over there. They are like, I think you need this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's it, we talk about haunted locations like that all the time. Where, you know, the one thing that we talk about too is a haunted location like that is not really haunted. There's no history behind that. But with the stuff that people do there, because yeah. they say, "Well, okay, you know, we we have a bridge in town that had all those legends, and nothing ever happened there." But by people going there all the time. It creates those legends. It creates the hauntings. Yeah. And with that, you know, especially having a, a cat lead you to a tree that you never saw before mm-hmm. and you found bones there. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's mind-blowing. It's because... It's more than a coincidence. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You can go down rabbit holes, too, and be like, okay, it was probably a deer or a dog. And we did go there again, and we just found a dog harness. Wow. So, like, it could be a dog. Or a deer, we've seen both. But who? Why would you wrap deer bones in the blue jeans and the baby blanket? Yeah, exactly. there's significance to that. Yeah. I bet you, if you dug into rites and rituals of different religions, you'll you'll find that answer. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah and that, that are, kind of reminds me of the Bone House, where yeah. they house. found notes, they found clothing in yeah. the walls, stuff like that. So it's and kind of the same. Like the whole house was full of bones. Like yeah. every rafter, every wall was completely filled with bones. You've been there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we had some strange experiences wow. there. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, but I mean, they with that they would keep bones and clothing together too. But to me what you're you're saying almost sounds like the bones were in the jeans when the person passed and they didn't sit in there. 
either sitting there forever or manifested in yeah. that location. Well, the, the thing that, you know, concerned me in the moment is because they were clearly, there was like rotting stuff, you know, yeah. so clearly it was, mm-hmm. took a while to decompose. So mm-hmm. the whole time we were filming there, that was there. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things we went out there, you know, we had some fake blood and we're getting some reenactment shots or whatever. Mm-hmm. We were getting reenactment shots when there was something dead right there. You know? Yeah. yeah. In yeah. hindsight, you're like, eh, that feels kind of icky, but, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> but it makes for a great story. It does. You know, like. You know, that's, that's the thing. It's like, great story or like, you know, yeah. you know, you can have a good story, but also be less scary. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the documentarian yeah. who's standing yeah. there doing it. Right. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. What, what do you shoot with? What what kind of camera are you using? Um, I okay, so it's funny. I still use the same uh, DSLR um, Panasonic okay. uh, that I've had for um, what eight years now. I just keep mm-hmm. every couple of years I splurge and I get some new lenses. You okay, know, the body stays the same. I get new yeah. lenses while making the documentary. Um, I was just talking about at the park. This just goes to show how good this camera has been treating me. I. There's this little creek you have to cross, mm-hmm. and I was so confident. I'm like, this log is sturdy. I'll oh. cross it, and I, it was not sturdy, and um, my camera was on, mm-hmm. and went in the water, <gasps> almost drowned. Oh. I did it, and then oh I did what you're not supposed to do, and I was just flailing the camera around, and then I turned it off and on a bunch of times, oh, which again yeah. you're not no, supposed to yeah. do because the battery, uh-huh. even though it's already on, and it's mm-hmm. probably, um, so. Uh, went to a uh, store across the street, sopping wet. Oh. Got a bag of rice, their last bag. <laughs> oh. Stuffed the camera in there. Three uh. weeks later, turned back on. Oh, that's good. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the, Phew. It's like it's like <laughs> they didn't want to be filmed. They're like we're gonna stop stock, but the same camera. I don't know. It's like yeah. You know, so, some of those little like the SRs. They they built. They're built. Light little tanks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Built I can't to last. tell you how many times I've dropped mine. My night. I just have a Nikon D50. Yeah. Or D60, sorry. And uh, I've done so many different things. I, we used to do wrestling. Yeah. You know, taking pictures of wrestling. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I've been knocked over so many times. I've dropped that thing <laughs> so yeah. many times. I'm, you know, or just walking around banging into stuff. But I know. That's why they build them that way, you know? Yeah. Because they know that they're going to get used up that much. I know. But, yeah. you know, using a DSLR in paranormal stuff is great because, you, mm-hmm. you know, I do a speech on how you get orbs out of phones. Mm-hmm people don't understand you know that with the flash and that right next oh, to the it's lens, a pain in my existence yeah with the dslr the flash is on top and on mine i can turn it you know yeah actually but dslrs are so good for paranormal because it's a true camera yeah, yeah. you don't have the, the the light right there on on the lens mm-hmm. to, to cause all those and it's the same thing with like the infrared people don't yeah. understand and then you you try to explain to people just like on facebook Oh, it's just you know a bug reflecting off the light. Oh, I was using night vision. There's no light. Yeah, I mean, can yeah. get an argument all day about if infrared light is light mm-hmm. or heat or whatever. But it's it's not, it's not. They're not trying to make that argument. They're just trying to say like they, infrared you know. works so much better because you get so many more ghosts. It's like really, or is the light right <laughs> yeah. on top of the lens like your iPhone? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's that's one thing I always tell people. No matter what piece of equipment yeah. it is, you have to know how it works. I know. Yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. I the amount of like because I used to be in all those Facebook groups and I'd share you know, to share videos, find mm-hmm. locations. That's what, I got kicked out of so many because I wasn't rude to anyone. I made a I did a live stream once where I pulled 
I think it was 40 sources yeah. of photography books, you know, mm-hmm. everything about, like, what you're saying. Yeah. And then I just posted that. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't rude. It was just, like, a lecture. Here's was, the yeah, yeah. evidence, it right? Was like a, yeah, a lecture. And then, yeah, yeah people got very mad. Well, <laughs> but it's like, they it's don't like, want to hear the truth, right? Yeah. Yeah. They want to believe what they want to believe. It's, it's, not, it's not that... The thing that got me was it wasn't that... Oh, you guys are so dumb. You're, you're focusing yeah. on. It's, right, it's right. why you focus on orbs when there's other paranormal stuff. Like yeah. you can, like that's ignore the orbs. Mm-hmm. You caught a full body apparition. Why are yeah. you focusing on that? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, orbs are real. Yes, but I, there's a qualifier. Orbs are real. Yeah, but, but we know those, how these cameras work and how yes. focusing works and all that. Yes, and. The amount of people that all of a sudden believe that every single orb is a, a spirit has gone up so much because everybody's yes. using their cell phone and they get indoctrinated into that. But I know our listeners heard this story a thousand times, but I mean, I've I've sat in an old theater watching orbs float across stages with and your stuff. eyes, and, you know, not with your camera. I we were in the same theater. I was standing stage right on down on the floor. Jen, Jen and a friend were walking stage left, mm-hmm. and I had my DSLR, and I was testing out the different flash settings, and in two of the shots, uh, full flash and half flash, I got an orb on the stage, and I'm like, this is interesting, okay? Mm-hmm. It's a different, I know that my, my flash is at 45 degrees, I'm doing this, mm-hmm. and I wasn't trying to take pictures, but or take orb photos, but off to the side, you can see this light anomaly. The thing about it is Jen was stage left, Mm -hmm. taking a picture of the same area and got the exact same thing thing in her camera. Yeah. So that is confirmation to me that that is an orb. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not like, it's not like I'm saying that every single time you take a picture and you get something that is lens flare or whatever, you've got to look at this stuff and you have to think, okay, what was my situation? What elements were around us? Mm-hmm. What's the temperature? Was was I breathing out when the did that? But to have two different cameras mm-hmm. take the same area and get that exact same anomaly mm-hmm. in that shot, mm-hmm. to me, that's an orb. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, so there are situations, but it all comes down to you have to know how your, how your equipment works and what your situation yeah. is that you're in. Yes, mm-hmm. and I think you'll agree too. It's perfect. No one's saying also you can't use a phone from because if you if you want to film with your phone, phones are great for filming. Yeah, but no, no what you know what you're gonna get. Yeah, I mean because I mean I've used my phone so many times, and I've got stuff. Yeah, and people just in the class that I did two weeks ago, someone said that they're like, yeah, but you just said not to use your phone. I said no. Yeah. Know, know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, know how it's going to work. Exactly. Because, and that's the thing is, you look at a cell phone, that lens is the size of a ballpoint pen. Yeah. And you have a bright, super bright light right next to it in a dark room. And the way that cell phones focus, the older ones, I don't know, I can't remember the newer ones, how they work exactly, but the older ones sent out a laser mm-hmm. and it found the sharpest point to that. And that's how it focuses. And that's why you get the autofocus orb right in front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's just one of those things where you have to know. And with you studying the paranormal and actually being in a paranormal club, that's a great way because you can share stuff like that. I know. Yeah. And we always did. We Mm -hmm. always. So it was the way the club was structured was there would be like the intro meeting Mm -hmm. and then 
another meeting about, you know, paranormal, like an intro to the equipment, and then a meeting on debunking, like common mm-hmm. misconceptions. And then there would be a first investigation mm-hmm. that was open to everyone before dues were required for the club. And that's when the membership went from 200 to like 50. Oh. <laughs> you know, we would always find this huge, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's this massive, massive cemetery um, nearby where you could split up and sm- that weeded out, you know, the yeah. people that were like, I love ghost hunting. I'm not right for ghost hunting. <laughs> yeah. So, but we would, we would do like a mm-hmm. debunking and explain yeah. the orbs and I always bring my camera and, you know, um, explain things because, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's good to have someone with camera because, again, mm-hmm. it is people can explain all day long. Oh, you got a spirit box. How does that work? Mm-hmm. And they'll explain all day long, you know, about how to spirit about what white noise means yeah. and like all this stuff about spirit boxes. And, oh, wait, you caught an apparition? What settings for your camera at? They don't, they, don't, they don't know. They don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't think, you know, if you're using a camera for the purpose of catching ghosts, like, I don't know why it's controversial to not take photography classes or, you know, you can get a old photography textbook or book for like yeah. five bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just, people do free classes. Just know the basics. Know the bait. No one's saying anything. Pick up any book. They'll mm-hmm. talk about backscattering, and then, about, you know, all this basic stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you can get to the point where... When you do get these things in these photos, you can go, look, this is this, and I know how this works, and this is something very odd, because you will get strange things that you can't explain. Yeah. And that's what we're here for. That's what, yeah. that's what we do this for. I mean, we, that's why we sit in these old abandoned buildings mm-hmm. for eight hours and have yeah. 800 hours of <laughs> data that you have to go over for and three that seconds one thing that you of- can't mm-hmm. explain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and when... When you're in those locations and something happens in front of you, that's even mm. better. Yeah. yeah. And you have the wealth of knowledge to, you know, if you can go down, you catch something weird. Mm-hmm. My first question isn't, oh, can you tell me what it is? It's like, do you know what it's not? Yeah. You know, if you can go down and listen, like, I know it's not a lens flare because I know mm-hmm. it's not something on the lens because, you know, if you can go down the list, you're just explaining why it could be something paranormal. Mm-hmm. Which also, if you catch orbs all the time, yeah. it's not paranormal if it's normal, you know? Yeah. yeah. This, mm-hmm. By definition, it's yeah. normal for you to catch orbs a million mm-hmm. times. You know, it's not paranormal anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, maybe there's maybe there's an explanation. Tell us about some other locations that you went to that really um, surprised you or wowed you or you got great evidence at. Yeah. Um, recently, we went to... Um, randolph in uh indiana uh, yeah um, you guys been there yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. they um have this doll room yes down there and uh <laughs> um we went down to the doll room and um i didn't like that room but my girlfriend did so yeah. um we sat there and um all of a sudden we hear scratching behind us okay and we're like, Whoa. oh, maybe something is on the pipe or something. And mm-hmm. we try the pipe, not the same sound at all. Mm-hmm. And we keep trying every service because we heard like distinctly just clawing or scratching. And there's one single crib uh, with dolls in it because mm-hmm. they have a few cribs yeah. along the back wall. There's mm-hmm. one crib that had the same exact sound. Okay. So we have shots of that crib and everything us reenacting it. Mm-hmm. And we're like, Ooh, that's creepy. So we go <laughs> sit back down and, um, we hear music. And we're like, like music box music, music box music. Yeah. And we're like, Oh, did someone leave their music box? Like the paranormal mm-hmm. music. 
nope. We go back up to all the, you know, people because we went in a large group. We went to the break room like, hey, you guys don't have anything down there. Like, I don't know if people left like a camera because there's so many dolls in there. It gets kind of cluttered. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to. Did anyone leave anything down there? Yeah. I'm like, no. I'm like, can you guys come with me? Because it was another group. And I was like, can you come with me and just confirm that none of your equipment is down? Because we heard like music and I played the song. And they're like, that doesn't sound like anything we have. That's interesting. We tried every doll. Mm-hmm. Because we had to. Mm-hmm. There was one doll that made that noise. It was in that crib. Wow. And then... That's cool. Turns out, you can only make that sound. It's not a press. Okay. It's a shake. Okay. Uh-huh. So you have to shake it uh-huh. in order to... You have to shake the baby. Yeah, you have to shake Just the like baby. Just like when you're yelling. Yes. You're oh, a lot. Yeah, I know. Stop yeah. it. Shut up. <laughs> um, and... Is there bad? <laughs> yeah. And I compared the shot of us before we pick up that doll to test it and mm-hmm. then us testing the, the crib for the scratching the mm-hmm. doll literally didn't move at all okay and it was a good like few minutes between us like scratching the side of the crib and then the doll making a noise even if it like shifted when we were scratching mm-hmm. it it wasn't within a few minutes of it so yeah it was a bit odd that's cool that place is really really interesting like there's the one hallway that's off of like um you know, door to go outside, and then there's like a double doors a hallway. That was really scary for me. I like went in there and I had to turn around, right back around. I'm like, nope, uh, uh-uh, uh, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, that place had a had a vibe. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, even when stuff wasn't happening, you just felt like, you know, maybe something was not like right behind you, but kind of like from a distance, just following you throughout the whole place. Mm-hmm. Like they're curious about you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially places like that where. There's so many different ghost hunters that go in there. You almost think that the spirits would get tired of it or mm-hmm. they're like, oh, they're asking the same questions over again, you know. But <laughs> Maybe they do. Maybe they do, yeah, but it's just so cool. And every time I'm in places like that, I just, even like the prisons, I just imagine what was it like when this was full of people being used. Yeah. yeah. The noises and all that. It's like, I just want to put the digital recorder on and get that sound, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah put yourself back in that. I always, like, just love trying to imagine, like, same thing with, like, filmmaking, when you put it all together, and then mm-hmm. you put, like, their archival videos, and you kind of put, like, period noises and stuff, and then mm-hmm. you kind of transition to the investigation, and it sort of all blends together, you're like, yeah, that kind of is the feel of what the place was like, yeah. you know, and you kind yeah. of can piece it together afterwards, and yeah. it's an extension of, you know, your experience there. Mm-hmm. How long did it take to edit your film? See, here's the thing about me. Um, I come from a journalism background. Okay. Where in journalism, it's like, you know, you know what you need. You need six shots. Mm-hmm. So you get eight in case. You get what you need, get out, and it's done in 15 minutes. It's very deadline oriented. Okay. So then I was all excited. I don't need to work on a deadline. Yeah. I can spend as much time as I need. This park was literally half a mile away from where I worked. It was at my job. I can film as much as I want. No, I'm not good with that. I need deadlines. So it actually took like maybe two weeks to make. Okay. But um, two weeks of working and like mm-hmm. two years of just keep shooting and just like not realizing I just need to like finish it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's hard when you're artistic because there's always something extra you want to do or you might let me fix this or let me rewrite this chapter or you know let me just you know we're never satisfied we want 
we strive for perfection. You exactly. know what I mean? And, exactly. and that's hard to say, okay, my baby's grown. Yeah. Here, world, take a look at yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Or like the short film, it's like, you can keep filming all day. There's not going to be an ending. Sure. So you're just like, okay, we have it nicely wrapped up. Oh, but now we found the bones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have to take a step back and be like, no, no, no. That is your ending. Make mm-hmm. it work. Yeah. yeah right. You, know? <laughs> you need to get this done next week. So use what you got. Yeah. This is your footage. Yeah. If the bones are the ending, the bones are the ending. And the bones being the ending would be like the to- toes over the edge. Or like, ah. And then the yeah. people are like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We want yeah. more. That yep. means Gotta leave them hanging. Not yeah. the end of the story. It's just uh-huh. the end of the film. You know, you got to separate the two. Sure. So I want to ask, tell me about the trunk of terror. Yeah. So the trunk of terror is this new thing. We have all these like random things just accumulating in my apartment that are associated with investigations of ours, uh, little trinkets, little items uh, that we have accumulated either just from investigations uh, that remind us of our bullies, like the um, the um, the railroad spike that was blessed for the short film. That's mm-hmm. in there, you know, because that we can go on a whole tangent about the short film. Just there are a bunch of conversation starters, mm-hmm. you know. Um, where I decided, you know, some of these are haunted, some of them are not. Altogether, stuff seems to happen. Yeah. So it's not like a haunted item type of thing. It's more of a conversation starter that we're going to bring to events like, you know, today, mm-hmm. where people come and they're curious. You know, you can go on anything that jumps out. You can go on a whole conversation about okay. them. Um, so it's basically a conversation starter tool, but also at the same time, just so happens to be haunted. Okay. So. I have a camera on them at all times. We've done investigations on our website. There's some evidence, potential evidence that have been caught um, in and around the trunk. Um, for example, we have a um, a uh, Cornish pixie bell um, that was from an altar in in uh, Cornwall. Um, it was. We don't know uh, if it was used for summoning, for cleansing, for what, but it was an altar bell. And this bell. Mm-hmm. things seem to happen around it. We oh. call it the haunted bell. Oh, okay. Um, so every time you ring it, I don't know if it's like a frequency thing or if it's it was used for summoning it for mm-hmm. the altar. We don't know. But th- things se- seem to happen. We have uh, two haunted dolls. We have bullets from uh, uh, the Gettysburg battlefield. Okay. My first paranormal experience was when I was in Italy and uh, went to Pompeii. We went to Mount Vesuvius first, okay. and uh, I got some volcanic rock from Vesuvius brought to Pompeii, and that was the weirdest feeling ever. Okay. Because, you know, Vesuvius, the mm-hmm. volcano erupted, and I brought a piece of it back yeah. to, you know, and that's the first time I've ever felt anything. And I was like, huh, I was having a little moment there. <laughs> um, so um, a lot of just items like that in, in, this, um, in this little contained trunk. Yeah. So... Yeah, I went to the antique store. I got a little, like, drawer. And then they're like, oh, yeah. you're buying this cute drawer. What are you using it for? I'm like, holding things? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I this don't want to explain did, this to this know, lady, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> That's but, cool. You know, who knows that that cupboard or whatever that drawer came out of could have been something that had been, I don't want to say haunted, but had the energy of a haunting in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you never know. Mm-hmm. But yep. I mean, and some... you can see that in any event that he comes to, or even on his website. I looked at the website; it's very set up, very good. No oh, thanks. It's very informative, and it does talk about the trunk of terror. Trunk of terror. So, so tell spooky. us what is the name of your website that they can? Yeah, our listeners want to check it out. They can. Yes, yeah, afterlife dot com. That is 
A F T E R L I F E R O A D P. It's a long one. Afterlife Road Production is out. He also awesome. has a Facebook. I, lost, I lost track of the letters. <laughs> yeah, he also has a Facebook page. You can check that out. I checked that out before the interview. It's informative, just like the website. And um, he's Ben's going to be at a bunch of different events. Stop on by, check out the Trunk of Terror, yeah. the Haunted Dolls. That he yeah, see what kind of feelings you guys get from. Oh yeah, from the objects, especially yeah. the Gettysburg bullets. For some yeah. reason, I'm focusing in on those right yeah, now. Yeah, surprising, you know. They have weight to them, you know. You don't expect mm-hmm. that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I have one in my house. I have a Civil War bullet from Gettysburg, yeah. which is interesting. But no, we really appreciate Ben what you do and and keep doing what you're doing and yeah, and never never stop the pursuit of the unknown. Yeah, you two two two. Right. Yeah, you two two two. How do you come up the name two two two? Um, it was my birthday oh. and my lucky number, but. In numerology, if you see 222 a lot, it could be an indication you're going to have a paranormal experience. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, be on the lookout. you it just also never know. means you're on the right path. Yeah. Oh, it's I like an that. affirmation. Mm-hmm. So, keep doing what you're doing. We'll do what yes. we do. And definitely yeah. awesome. always Thanks welcome to come up. back. Thank you. Awesome. And I want to thank the listener for tuning in this week. We really appreciate you. And like we always say, please get up on our website. We have a bunch of links up there for you. In the show description, we will also have links to Ben's pages. Plus, we have links to Jen's Poshmark page where she is running a sale this month. Woo! If you want to buy some good clothing at super low low prices, check it out. And if you'd like to contribute anything to the show, you can do it two ways. We have a monetary button on our website or share the show with your friends. Just spread the word. And uh, wherever you're listening to this, please hit that like button. Leave us a five-star rating review, and we appreciate you. We will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.